All right, well, I wanted to start a series today. We're just going to jump right in. I want to go to Scripture first, if we can. Uh, Hebrews 12, 1 through 2. There is so much to unpack in here, but I really want to focus on just a few parts due to our limited time today. Uh, It says, therefore, since we are surrounded... Now, keep in mind, uh, the writer of Hebrews was just done talking about our journey of faith in Hebrews 11. So we're talking about faith a lot in this. He continues in chapter 12 to move on and says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us, here's my real important point today, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. Keep going. We do this by keeping, we talked to, and even Priscilla mentioned that in worship, keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion, almost like a champion boxer going into a ring before he hits the ring. We can celebrate Jesus' effort at the cross and our Savior and our Lord, our champion who initiates and perfects our faith. I want to hit this part, perfects our faith. This isn't really the message today, but I just feel like it. We have to be very careful, especially at Faith Christian Center. <laughs> Without faith, I want you to hear this part before you lose, I lose you on the next part, maybe. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. But we got to be very careful that we don't have faith in our faith when things start hitting the fan. Can I say that? I've heard this, and I probably have been a person that has said this before. I'm confident in my faith. I'd rather be confident in God first and what he can do through your faith. Because if we begin to eco-centralize our faith, we begin to take too much time appraising our faith. And last time I heard Jesus said, all you needed is a grain of mustard seed. He wasn't saying how small. It's like, it's not a big deal. Just have faith in God. Amen? Amen. So we, it is a side message, but we got to be very careful when we say these things. I'm confident in my faith. No. Confident in God who will use your faith. So important. It seems so slightly different, but it can trajectorize you, if that is a new word, in a whole different area and wonder why things are not getting answered because you're trusting too much in what you're doing. You may not realize it. I've, been, I've done that too. We have to put our faith in God and Jesus and the work of the cross because of the joy awaiting Him. <sighs> this isn't the message. The joy awaiting Him. You have to think about this. And I know we're, we're about to enter into Christmas and the birth, but that Easter time too, as He's beginning to walk up to Calvary, His motivation was through obedience of his father. But his joy came through the reward because he could see each and every one of your faces believing in him and hoping in him and spending eternity with him. And Jesus being placed to the right hand of the father after his obedience was walked out. That's the joy he had. That's to get excited. I know we haven't had our coffee yet. That's to get excited that he thought about you and me 
as people were spitting on him, calling him all the names, splinters in his back, holding a cross, never mind the thorns piercing his temple and his head. That is the joy he had awaiting him. It allowed him to endure the cross, disregarding its shame of what it is. Remember, he was, as he was walking up, he didn't see two other righteous popes and apostles. He saw two thieves as they placed that cross in that ground next to them, in between them. So there was a shame up on that hill. He was able to disregard that. Now he is seated in the place, part of his reward, in honor besides God's throne. Let's go back to the first verse if we can. Therefore, we're surrounded by much. Is this the Donald Trump version? Huge crowd of witnesses. Sorry, that was a joke. It was a bad joke. This is NLT, but I didn't realize it. A huge crowd. I'll be quiet. I could keep going. A huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith. These are the people that have gone before us, that are watching, peering over heaven. The writer is trying to give this illustration, cheering us on. Saying, keep going, keep going, keep going. Let us strip off every weight that slows us down. Just think about that. The weight that we may carry from time to time. The title of this series is called Paper Walls. Pastor Chris, what does that have to do with weight? When you're talking about walls. Well, we're going to find out. But the reality is, there are many things worth carrying with us from one year to the next that are a part of us. They're us. But there are other things we just need to leave behind and not carry with us. Certainly as we're etching in to the end of 2023, we need to learn there's things we probably have to strip off, weights to do this. Some of the weight I believe I've carried over my life, and I've, got, I've, I've stripped a lot of it off over the years, and I'm still, go, still working on it. So we'll just look at me today for a little bit, for a little bit. Then we're going to go to you. So, <laughs> Is the ability how I can make excuses in my life. Excuses in my life. So what's a great... I'll, I'll, Take it at a granule level right now. I'm married. Those who are married. (laughs) We learn, we learn, us males, that we can over time maybe formulate some beautiful excuses over time. I know for me, and this has not happened in a long time. Can you attest to this? But there would be times where I would hear my wife's voice through the house that says, Chris, take out the trash because the, the, the garbage man's coming soon. And then maybe a half hour would go by and the trash is still where she saw it last. And she would come waltzing into the room and say, and there I am on the couch, like, what's wrong? Go take the trash out. I said, I can't because I'm in the middle of something. And then she would turn around and say, you're watching a movie. I said, well, I'll do it right after the movie. These are excuses. 
that push off things that might be important now. And we can become good at this. Good at different excuses, right? Pastor Chris, what does this have to do with any church stuff? Well, here's the, here's the issue. For me learning this too, if I begin to make excuses for the trash, does that ripple into other things in my life as well? So maybe when God asks me to do something or begin to follow Christ further and further year after year, and there's opportunities that show themselves, but I want to go to my comfort zone of an excuse why I can't do something. The effects of that, which may be unknown right away, could be eternal over time. And we're human. We can make excuses. It's perfectly normal to do this, if you remember the, the Pilgrim's Progress book, and then I know we did a theatrical play here many, many years ago, you had the main character in this production that was named Christian, ironically, because it's about him and his journey following and getting into eternity and going to heaven. But over time, his backpack is getting weighted down, weighted down with different things like that. And, and we need to find out one thing, we can get too comfortable with the weight and think it's just normal. And we need to be careful with that. And over that production, Christian eventually starts shedding that backpack where he can actually fully walk to his destination. For me, too, just back to me in ministry early on, I was very busy and still am, as we all are. Um, but when God, I felt, might be putting something else on a full plate that I had, my excuse was I can't, I can't have anything more to do. I can't fit anything on my plate. And then the Holy Spirit convicted me one time and says, wait a minute. What if we can make the plate bigger? <laughs> or maybe what's on your plate is not all what I've called you to do. Either way, don't make excuses and just seek me in that. So if I rested in my excuse, I'm just too busy, too busy. God's saying there's these opportunities that I need you to put on your plate. Does that make sense? Yes. But I can't. But I'm looking carnally at the idea that I've got excuses. I want to put that excuse to that. Then I never end up doing it. And I'm still holding a plate that maybe not everything on it is from God. Or don't forget we serve a God who created anything that can make a plate bigger too. At the same time. So important. So important. Proverbs 16, 1 through 3 says, We can make our own plans. Through our excuses, I'll put that in. But God gives the right answer. People may be pure in their own eyes, but the Lord examines our motives. Commit your action to the Lord, and your plans will succeed. Always be checking your motives in life. 
why you said no to something or why you said yes to something. Sometimes motives can be a a kindling flame for excuses too. I had, um, growing up, maybe my, I think it was 15, 16, I started playing guitar. And I really loved music, as I've said before. And uh, I, can I be my own critic? I thought I was an okay guitarist, all right? But there came a point in my 20s that if I wanted to go beyond okay to a good guitarist, I had to, oh, what's that? Oh, I had to practice (laughs) to become better. And through about 10 years of my life, I made beautiful excuses why I didn't have time to practice. So what happened, and I got late in my 20s and 30s, when I would see a guitarist on stage or at a guitar store or wherever really doing well, I almost got a little bitter. Say, oh, you think you're all that, which they were. They were phenomenal. But these are motives and attitudes that, are, that, are, that go into your excuses of why you don't do things. And you need to check that out regularly. Why am I making excuses to do that? And so I've always kept at the okay guitarist, I guess. I never went beyond. But how much more does God want to do for you, bring you from where you are now to a greater level of his understanding in you and your purpose in your will, but it may take something for you to do that you may not want to do sometimes. Growing in Christ more, reading your Bible more, praying more, all these important things. And you wonder why at the end of 2003, I'm not where I, I didn't move much from where I started in January of 2023. So important. So let's dive a little bit deeper. I was getting good at, and then we're going to talk about you guys. Don't worry. I was getting good at that I would take the word because. Do you know what the other spelling of because is? E-X-C-U-S-E. So I would use the word because, and I would wrap it up in the excuse and serve it as a reason. A reason. Because reasons are reasons. You can't dispute reasons, right? If I have a reason for something, it's not an excuse. But we need to be very careful how we might package up our excuses. Again, we're talking about today excuses because it's something for me that I've worked over the years and for some of us that we need to maybe Strip off that weight, right? As in Hebrews of what he's saying, the writer. There's good weight. You guys have watched a baseball game where you have a, a, the batter that's about to go to the box and there's a batter in the box ready to get pitched to and then the batter coming up behind them is putting this weight on their bat and they're exercising that weight. That's strengthening weight. That is good. Sometimes God will... You may be in situations that God can work for your good that may be some good strengthening weight that we need in our lives. Because when you take that weight off, that batter gets up and goes to the box. He's now using, he is using the same amount of force he used with that weight. 
now to swing a lot lighter with that bat and hopefully knock it out of the park. Does that make sense? So there'll be some things in your life that are maybe weighted in you, that are really, you've got a whole, you've got, but they're strengthening you too. That's not what we're talking about shedding. We're talking about weight that is dead, no reason to be with you, and may turn into sin at some point. Does that make sense? Before we jump on you guys, let me have an interlude here of some quotes. So George Washington said, it's better to offer no excuse than a bad one. This is even better. Benjamin Franklin, he that is good at making excuses is seldomly good at anything else. So for you guys, you may be able to pick out excuses from people around you, your friends and family. Not buying it. You've said the same thing over and over again. We were going to go out to dinner, and you've canceled three times in the last three years. You know, same thing, always busy. Or, you know, different things with your family. We can tend to, in families, pick out excuses a lot better, right? <laughs> Unless you guys are the ones with them. I don't know. But, you know, you can, you can, you can pick out excuses a lot better with family. Um, And there's two things. You may just have a gifting of discernment of when people are giving you excuses over time and not willing to do that. And maybe you're called into their life to help move them along beyond excuses, right? Or it could come out of Matthew 7, 3 when Jesus says, you've got so many fingers pointing. And when you move your arms, these logs that are in your eyes start hitting your arms. You've got logs in your own eyes and you're too busy judging others. You guys with me a little bit? I'm sorry. Follow me with this. I know this is not a Thanksgiving message, but I think it's going to test you at the Thanksgiving table because you're going to maybe make some excuses in our lives that we need to know God wants to free you from some of this. But if you're noticing it with other people, that's okay. You know, you're not buying it. These things just start showing through. It's like... But we need to also understand whether it's with ourselves or with people around us that are giving us a lot of excuses. The roots of this can be in a number of different places. So maybe God can show us through the Holy Spirit, show light on why are these roots growing like they are and causing me to do bring excuses in my life or the people around me. And maybe God will show me in love how to highlight that with other people. In love, right? In love. So number one, could be out of fear. I make excuses because I'm just scared of whatever it is I'm making excuses about. Number two could be insecurity. Could be insecurity. Some of that is related, but... And number three could be a past failure in your life. You know, if you failed at something, why the heck would I want to revisit something? So I'll bring excuses to say I'm not going to be in those areas to deal with it. Some of these symptoms behaviorally will come out in overreacting. You guys don't do this, but you may know somebody that overreacts at times. You know, something comes in front, everything blows up, you know. Or it could be a time where somebody's just very much procrastinating on things. Maybe they have some, those are underlying things and symptoms of excuses that are so tough in doing that. See, we build many things in our life 
that the, the writer of Hebrews is saying, you may not need to hold on to them at all. Get rid of them. They're starting to entangle you. It, if you're following Christ, you're running a race. You do know that, right? Yeah. Yeah. We're not on the couch. <laughs> We're running a race. We're running a race to become more into the image of God and the fullness of Christ. And what that may mean is, as when he was on this planet Earth, people may not like you sometimes. We walk in love, but they may not like you. Uh, You may have an upper battle to climb at times. The birds don't land on your shoulder and start singing every day because you're following Christ. Sometimes it can get hard, and it is a race, as they're saying. But that's even more that we need to unleash these weights that we don't need in our life because it can be hard at times. But through God, he brings us through if we're doing our will. My point is, and this is a mobile wall today, so think this is like eight feet tall, all right? Now maybe three feet tall. But So we have these paper walls. To other people, they look like walls, look like walls. And for me and some of you, your excuses have built these walls. I can't do that because, because, because. All these things that come out. And at the end of the day, when we start looking at these walls or other people around us, they look at them and they can go like, wait a minute, these are just paper walls. They're not really walls at all. They're not. And you need to shed that so because these walls are keeping you out from what God may be calling you to do, to be with other people, to, to stop making excuses on your own for other things. Now let me talk about this. There are real reasons. Remember we said, for me, I'm, I'm taking the because and wrapping it up in an excuse and saying it's my reason why I can't do this, right? And people buy that. It's reason, it's reason, it's real. There are real reasons. For example, I, the reason why I can't be an NFL lineman, <laughs> well, not because of my physique, come on. I can't become an NFL lineman. Even if I bulked up and tried or whatever, I wouldn't last more than a game and no scout would want to even bring me into a, on a, onto a field. Those are real reasons. Reasons. You do have reasons for things in life. But stop attaching excuses and thinking they're real reasons for not doing certain things that maybe God is calling you to do. It's so important for us to understand that. For some people, excuses have almost become like a board of directors for your life or a boss. So you default to these excuses why you can't do certain things in life. And it's holding you back in your race. It really is. No condemnation, just conviction today. Just realizing where we are. What does God say about all this, like excuses and things like that? Well, he's concerned because, as he said in the writer of Hebrews, said some of these excuses could hold you back and cause you maybe not to be obedient in the things of God and will turn into sin. Imagine if, um, imagine if a, <laughs> our disciple Peter didn't get out of the boat because he said the water was wet. Imagine if Gideon didn't leave the cave after Jesus said, God said to him, you are a mighty man of value, of valor. And he stayed in the cave. Imagine if these great people of faith 
made excuses. Where would they be today? Let's look at one ma- great man of faith is Moses. He, was, he started out in an excuse, Ephesians, excuse me, Exodus 3, 11, 12. So this is when God is beginning to deal with Moses and say, listen, I need you. I know who you are. That's the thing. God sees you on where you can go more than he sees where you are. So he says, but he's dealing with Moses right now, and he's, he's about to ask him, I need you to go see this high and mighty gentleman called the Pharaoh. And by the way, when you go to him, he may not really know you well, but I need you to say, let my people go. All the Egyptians that are enslaved, excuse me, all the Israelites that are enslaved. That's a big task, right? So he's talking to him, but Moses protested about to God when he told him this. He says, who am I to appear before Pharaoh? Who am I to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt? That's an excuse. It is. And God answered, I will be with you. And this is your sign that I am the one who has sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God and this very mountain. So he's speaking future into him right now. But his main thing is, I will be with you. How many times are we in that, that pressure moment that you have to step into something or step out of something and there's a big change in your life and you're ready to say, blah, because, or don't, or something like that. But God's saying, I'll be with you if I'm leading you that road. I'll be with you. So instead of an excuse, you're actually giving that. Paul wanted us to understand this to the church of Philip, Philippi. In Philippians 2, 13 through 15, and we've heard this, for God is working in you, giving you the desire, the power to do what pleases him. I think we could say that's every day. He's working in you every day. So what we may be facing that might uh, manufacture some excuses and things in our life, but wait, Paul wants us to know that God is at work that there should be no room for excuses if we're doing this. Even Jesus called out excuses. Let's go to Luke 9, 59 through 62. We'll navigate through this. We have time, yes. So this is early on when Jesus is uh, asking you know, people to follow him and the crowds are getting bigger and, and the momentum is there. And uh, he says, Jesus says this, he said to another person, come follow me, just like he said to those core disciples. The man agreed, so he agreed, but then he said, Lord, first let me return home and bury my father. Don't move yet, go back to that. So it's about to sound like Jesus is very insensitive. We're talking about his father, this this person he's talking to, bury his father? But Jesus knows, other than being the divinity that was in him and the Son of God, he probably knew that um, in that culture, when you die, you're usually buried within 24, 48 hours, the latest. So he's not dead yet. <laughs> but Jesus asked him to come follow. The other thing is, people in those days, from my understanding as well, too, is you may, um, if you're not present towards the ending of a family member, a, a patriarch family member's life, you may u- lose an inheritance if you're not there. So he said, I got to go bury my dad. Continue, let's go. But Jesus told him, let the spiritually dead bury their own dead. 
Your duty is to go and preach about the kingdom of God. So he was calling them under the carpet. Say, you're giving me an excuse. The Son of God is asking you to come follow and build a bigger kingdom than you could ever have built with your inheritance or anything else that you could do. So he had a few people around him. Another said, yes, Lord, I will follow you. Here comes the bridge to the excuses, right? But first, let me say goodbye to my family. Keep going. But Jesus told him, anyone who puts a hand to the plow and then looks back is not fit for the kingdom of God. So he's calling them out to say, listen, he knew he was only probably on planet Earth for another three years of his ministry. And you guys want to have your own terms of how you come follow me. Seems really narrow. Wait a minute, didn't he say he was a narrow way? It's hearing God and being obedient in what he's calling us to do. Let's go on. Uh, there's a parable, Matthew 25, 15 through 25. Uh, this, many of you know this too. This is uh, Jesus giving a, a parable. He gave, Jesus said, I gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to the last, dividing it portionately to their ability. Then he left on his trip, excuse me, meaning the master who gave this out. Keep going. The servants who received the five bags of silver began to invest the money and earn five more. That's pretty good. The servants with the two bag of silver also went to work and earned two bags more. But the servant who received the one bag of silver dug a hole in the ground because the sky was falling and hid the master's money. After a long time, their master returned from his trip and called them to give an account of how they used his, his, his money. The servant to whom he had entrusted the five bags and silver came forward with five more and said, Master, you gave me five bags of silver to invest, and I have earned five more. The master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount. There's a lesson there. So now I will give you many more responsibilities. Some of you folks are waiting for promotions and big responsibilities and nicer car, whatever. <laughs> but have you been faithful in handling what's in front of you now? So I continue, I will give you more responsibility. The servant who had received the two bags of silver came forward and said, Master, you gave me two bags of silver to invest, and I have earned two more. Man, there's a great pattern going here. Keep going. The master says, Well done, my good and faithful servants. You've been faithful in handling this small amount, and now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. Then the servant with the one bag, I can see him just waving his hand. Wait a minute, sir. The one bag of silver came and said, Master, I knew, here we go, we're going into excuse, Bill. I know you were a harsh man. Wow. So it's, it's, the, so it's the person who gave him the bag. Is, it's his fault what, he, what comes after this. Harvesting crops you didn't plant and gather crops you didn't cultivate. So pushing him back to what he's done in the past. 
I was afraid I would lose your money. Sometimes <laughs> things we're holding on to, to not lose, we will lose. So I hid it in the earth. Look, here is your money back. Keep going. So that was a beautiful excuse. But the master replied, wow, you wicked and lazy servant. If you knew I, I harvested crops, I didn't plant and gather crops, I didn't cultivate, repeating back to him, why didn't you deposit my money in the bank, not the ground? At least I could have gotten some interest on it. Keep going. It's better. Then he ordered, take the money from this lazy servant who makes excuses and give it to the one with the 10 bags of silver. Keep going. To those who use well what they are given, even more will be given, and they will have an abundance. But for those who do nothing, even with little, what they have will be taken away. Now throw this useless servant into outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now, he doesn't mean hell. Some of us take that and say that's hell. But if you're a parent with kids, you could say if you do too many excuses, you're going to hell. But, but he did not mean that. Just a side note, I'm sure. He did not mean that in that way. But you can see how excuses can really be the trajectory of our future. What we decide now and say now and do now or not do now leads us to who we are tomorrow. And you can see that with this. And again, as we begin to decide to follow Christ, we need to strip some of these things off that are entangling us. They may not be excuses. Next week we're going to talk about a few other things. So if I didn't heat you up today, it'll be next week. But excuses for me were something in my life. And they could be in some of yours of not being able to and make and, and lying to ourselves that there may be reasons in our lives and really handica- handicapping ourselves where God's calling us to. Some of you, it may be um, just maybe back to that insecurity because that was a little bit with me. It's like, well, I couldn't do what I'm being asked to do. Good. Actually, for some, that's good to know where you are so God can carry you over that and through you that and bring you to where you need to be. Because at that point, you're fully trusted in God and doing that. So what should we do, you know, if we have these excuses? You know, we read a few scriptures through the Bible that God certainly calls it out, calls it sin at some point. We need to start with the Holy Spirit really convicting us, taking time and saying, Holy Spirit, do I manufacture excuses in my life that would cause me to slow down and not be able to run that race that you're calling me to? And then listen. The other thing to go even further is find maybe a friend that you trust, a safe harbor, and go to them. And I had to do this once. Do you notice that maybe I say because a lot? And in love, they said, no, you're fine. No, I'm just kidding. They said, they said, well, we do notice that occasionally when you get overwhelmed, you can start building excuses. 
So I've had to learn to grow out of that, as each some of you might need to be doing. But go to somebody that you trust and ask them to do that because it's so important to begin discovering this. In that exploration, there may be some hard things you need to learn about yourself. God already knows. Like we said earlier, God knows where you are, but he sees you where you can go. So in those things, you may have to learn whether they come from family practices or different acceptance or different things like that. You need to know that as well, too. Psalms 34 through 4 through 5. And if some of these are instigated by fear, this is a comforting verse. I pray to the Lord, and he answered me. He freed me from all my excuses, fears, fears, fears. Those who look to him to help will be radiant of joy, no shadow of shame with darkness and faces. Even Jesus, he said this was just something I hold on to daily if I can and be remembered of it through the Holy Spirit. In John fourteen twenty seven, I am leaving you with a gift. Not just the Holy Spirit, that's important. I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled and afraid. Don't be troubled. Peace, seek after peace. In your exploration of this excuses that hopefully you'll do from today till next Sunday, you may find that it's not really fear based. <laughs> But then maybe, and this wasn't for me, so let me disclose myself, but there was some pride there. Some pride, when you're dealing with excuses, will begin to formulate rebellion. And we've got a world of rebellion around us right now. Wow, praise God. I'll let people start running back and forth up here today. So exciting. But check your heart. Do you have some pride while you're not while you're putting the becauses in some of those excuses. I don't need to do that. Because that will formulate into rebellion. In Proverbs 17, 11, it says, Evil people are eager for rebellion, but they will be, se- they will be severely punished. Rebellion is known as witchcraft sometimes. Check your heart. Especially if they're attached to excuses why you're not doing things. When God says to do this, he says, I'm not doing it. I'll step back and watch what happens, but I think I can find out, I can predict pretty easily where your life will go. In love. I love you guys, but you've got to be careful with rebellion. You have to. Certainly if they're, they're being led by excuses. Jesus said this, Luke 6, 46. So why do you keep calling me Lord, Lord, when you did not do what I say? If we're following Christ, we have to do what he says. I know I'm losing Christmas card lists. I'm not getting many Christmas cards yet. If you want to be a comfy Christian, that's okay. You'll get a little uncomfortable here. But don't worry about all this. But there is an end to something. And it's in the sad part, it is you're not going to be living out fully what Christ has called you to. 
We have to be very careful. We say, are you called? Are you called? Are you called? And I know the, the, the meaning is well. Are you called to ministry? Are you called? We're all called to ministry. It's once you get called and answer that. As Jesus said, many are called, few are chosen. But when you choose to answer that call in the ministry, then you begin to find your purpose. You're going deeper in that purpose. And it doesn't matter where you are, you're called to ministry. If you're a doctor, lawyer, yes, even a lawyer. I love you guys. Accountant, whatever. Technician, manager, CEO. You're all called to the ministry you're in. And your purpose is to shine the light of Christ wherever you are now. So we can't make excuses not to do that when called upon. And guess what? Do it as a human being to a human being. Not as some space cadet Christian something trying to look down at some other human being because you won't relate. We serve a relational God. If you keep relational out of what you're doing, then you're not, you're not representing God in anything, in anything. We've got to get away from these excuses. Why don't we stand? So next week we're going to learn more of some other things that could be putting weight on us through Hebrews 12. Some other things we'll, we'll deal with. Um, but there's freedom in this. There really is. We can get to freedom in this. But it's walking to the edge of that and saying, Lord, I'm willing and available to begin to shed any dead weight that's on me and continue to follow you, follow Christ in doing that. Next week we'll see that there's even a, a good, we, we talked about it a little bit, but there's going to be a way through it more and free to see these things that might be uncomfortable in doing it and how the Word of God can wash over you with this and through the Holy Spirit convict you and talk to you where you are now. So important, so important. I want us to be a little bit uncomfortable. Can we each hold each other's hands in here as we pray out here and in this just come to agreement. I want to pray about, you know, hopefully this pricked your heart. Hopefully it pricked your heart. It's okay. That guy won't bite over there. He's a nice guy. So. <laughs> hopefully it pricks your heart to say, Lord, are there things holding me down that I'm getting tired, exhausted in? And to me to run this race, show me what that weight is in my life. Show it to me so I can, through your Holy Spirit, and from the people around me in love, help me pull those things off so I can be free in you and know that these walls that I may see, most of them may just be paper. They can go right through them. And the enemy has lied to me that these are obstacles of what I can't do in life. But through your Holy Spirit, empower me to do in the washing of the word and our prayer and our time. Heavenly Father, thank you so much that you gave us the opportunity to come together today. Lord, and, and learn what we believe you wanted to say to us at Faith Christian Center. Lord, some of these things can sound challenging, but we know you only do this in love to lead us to somewhere better than we are now. And Lord, as we're come together physically and mentally and, and, and spiritually and our hearts are open to see you, Lord, just Speak through your Holy Spirit to us in the week ahead of what may be weighing us down. Don't let us put this off. If we begin to put it off, 
and get distracted with other things that we think are maybe more important. Through your Holy Spirit, align us back to appraising our life on what is important to you and stripping the weight off. Not only stripping the weight so we can be healthy and move towards you and fall on you, but so we can step up and affect a world, a community for you, what you've called us to do. And in that is our abundant life when we do that. Not on the sidelines, but following you. And we just pray for love to lead in this appraisal of where we are to what strip off the dead weight and give us strengthening weight. If we need some weight to press on us, to strengthen us more, give it to us in love so we can follow through and be called and see all these opportunities that are in front of us to follow you more and more deeper. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I know it's, thank you. I know it's, I know it's a little, it's not late, it's only 11.03, what am I saying? If you're here and you heard about this relationship, we've been talking about Jesus, what he's calling us to do, and uh, you can say right now, as you hear my words and even on the camera, if you have not accepted Christ into your life, we were born into sin because what happened in the Garden of Eden where Adam and Eve basically said to God, who designed us, that we're okay, we can handle this on our own. We can decide what's good and what's bad. But I think we can all agree, let's just watch the news tonight, how we do in that as human beings. So God, wanting to restore relationship to his people, the human beings that we are, sent his son Jesus Christ to the cross and pin your sin and my sin on this cross in love because he loves us and forgave us of any sins that we may have in our life. And through that, we can begin a relationship through Christ to God the Father. We serve a relational God, as I said earlier. He wants to be with you every day through your prayer life, through your work, everywhere. And if we begin to follow him and find out what his will is for our life more, answer the call and get our purpose together, We'll have abundant life where the things in the news don't affect us. They're there, and we can pray for them. Israel, we pray for Absolutely. Keep all that in prayer. Porn, the thing that's epidemic in our life. We don't put our heads in the sand, but we pray for them because God can work through our prayers. Amen? But if you don't have a relationship with God, the other thing is, too, because of what Jesus did on the cross, he opened the door for you to have an eternal life in heaven with Jesus and God the Father. If you do not accept Christ, it's that narrow road. You will be in hell. No kidding aside, eternal darkness is what biblically it says. Not to scare you, just tell you the truth. If that's you and you want to receive Christ as your Savior, come down right here right now. I just want to pray with you. You're not joining a church. You're not doing anything like that. It's just a prayer that will begin this relationship with you. Most of these people in this room have done it, but we want to celebrate if you haven't. You're coming forward. Come right now. I just want to pray with you. If you're feeling uncomfortable, that's the Holy Spirit saying, you know what? You just need to do this. All right. I'll be up here afterwards. The prayer team will be up here afterwards. We'd love to pray with you either way to help you find this. 
So please, during the week ahead, appraise yourselves. You got any excuses? Don't make the excuse not to appraise yourself. Amen? Amen. We love you guys. Thank you for being attentive. Pastor Ray, thank you, sir. God bless. Let's say yes to the Lord today. I say yes, Lord. Good morning. I'm Irene Hudson, a member of Faith Christian Center. I hope you enjoyed Pastor Chris's message this morning about paper walls. Paper walls. Excuses we wrap ourselves in that keep us from fulfilling God's purpose in our lives. It reminded me of a story. My husband and I bought an old farmhouse, about a 200-year-old farmhouse 20 years ago. It had good bones, but that's about it. It needed total renovation. So we started on it, and we put a lot of sweat into it. When we peeled off the wallpaper, we found ugliness. Old plaster walls that had little cracks running through them. They were patchy and uneven and discolored. So we spackled and we sanded, and then we bought wallpaper. It's called hide-hiding wallpaper, very thick, to cover those walls over. And they look really nice. But here's the thing. If we peeled off that wallpaper today, those walls are still the same. The paper walls or the wallpaper hid the imperfections but didn't change the walls themselves. And you know, that's the same in life. We have a veneer of excuses that we use to hide what's really in our hearts. Well, Jesus came to change all that. He put a lot of sweat equity into us, into renovating us. When he sweat great drops of blood in the Garden of Gethsemane before he went to the cross, and he did that so he could remove the walls between us and God, making us one. If you've never made Jesus your Lord, you can do that right now. Ask him to come in and renovate your heart. Just say, Jesus, I don't want to cover things over anymore. I want to change. I want a renovation. And would you come into my heart and do that so that I can fulfill your purpose in my life? I pray this message touched your hearts this morning. And if you'd like to talk with a pastor or call for prayer, please do so. Call the church or office Monday through Fridays from, not from, I don't know the hours, but call the church office at 508-336-4110. Don't forget, this Wednesday night is Night of Thanksgiving, Night of Testimony, where people get up and tell what God has done for them through this past year. It's really precious. It's very special, a special time. And I hope you'll take the time to come join us. And don't forget, Sunday mornings at 930 always. So in closing, I ask our Lord to grant us the courage and the trust to let him remove the veneers, the paper paper walls, over our hearts and renovate them and do his work so we can bring him glory in this earth. Don't forget, you are precious and you are special to him and to everyone here at Faith Christian Center. God bless you and we'll see you Wednesday night.